0: This podcast contains spoilers, might contain explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of John vs. Film where we are going to be taking a look at the King of the Monsters debut film in celebration of his anniversary. It is Gojia, also known as Godzilla here in America. It came out on November 3rd, 1954, was directed and co-written by Ishiro Honda with the other writing credit uh, credit given to Takeo Takeo Murata, and novel was written by Shigeru Kayama. And the story is also credited to, you know, uh, Tomiyuki Tanaka and Eiji Tsuburaya. The movie stars Akira Takarada, Momoko Kochi, and Akihiko Murada as our three main leads. And of course, the very famous Taka, <coughs> Takashi Shimura from. A bunch of Akira Kurosawa films, most notably Seven Samurai and Akiru. And yeah, this is not going to be a typical John versus film, because I uh, I didn't take notes while while I was watching the movie last night. And for the record, I've seen this movie like countless times at this point. Like I I've lost count how many times I've actually watched this movie, but it's a it's a lot, and. I think part of the reason I didn't take notes is... So, for those of you who do not know, with John versus Film, I give... I talk about five things I like and five things I dislike, but for this movie, I I don't think I can do that. The, the five dislikes. Because I am too biased when it comes to this film. I will be flat-out honest when it comes to that. I am just way too biased because this is my favorite movie of all time. Not just favorite Godzilla movie. Like this is legitimately my favorite movie of all time. Uh doesn't mean it's the best, but again, it's, it's it's my personal favorite. So and not Godzilla as a franchise holds a lot of deep, you know, like there's a lot about Godzilla franchise that's just like I have a personal attachment to uh I'll get more to it, and then where I'm going to just gush about Godzilla as a franchise. But before we do that, we're going to gush about Godzilla as a film. And uh, do I even need to go with an you know, kind of a summary? I didn't even re- write one out, so it would be all improv. But for those of you who do not know about the original Godzilla, go away, seriously, get out of here, and watch the movie. It's on YouTube for free. It's on. Uh, HBO Max, I think. It's on Criterion. You can buy it on Blu-ray. Just, just to click off of this video and watch the original movie before you listen. Like, seriously, I, this movie, even if you're not a kaiju fan, you should just go watch this movie. It, it's like a genuinely good movie. But with that said, I will give. I guess I'll give a brief summary. Um, shenanigans happen on the Pacific Ocean fishing boats are disappearing and it turns out to be a giant monster named Godzilla who then rampages over you know Japan and specifically Tokyo of all places and especially likes to eat trains so Japan has to find a way to stop Godzilla before well Godzilla destroys all of Japan so yeah you know that that's kind of a summary right there kind of maybe I don't know again, this is very off the cuff. I didn't write anything down. I should have, but, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to give, like, any, like, I'm not going to do five, ten things I like, or five things I like. I'm just gonna gush about the movie, to be honest. I don't really care about sticking my format, because uh, this movie is great. I, it's my, again, I mentioned it's my favorite movie, but it, It's my favorite black and white movie as well, you know, which I think doesn't, you know, should go without saying, but at the same time, how the movie uses, like, the black and white format to its advantage really, you know, is great, you know, it's like uh, they keep Godzilla, you know, Godzilla's dark skin, you know, and it works great in the night scenes, you know, hiding Godzilla, you know, like when he's... Rampaging on the Odo Island stuff. Uh, and then we got this like fantastic shot later on in the movie where he's rampaging through Tokyo, where he's like, you know, the fire is behind him. You know, and the, the shot has been mirrored by Shin Godzilla and probably other Godzilla movies, but it's such a great shot. Uh, the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, this is definitely, you know, like just a masterpiece of a film. It's, um, I, I also love it's, I think people, you know, like go into this movie with like, oh, Godzilla's anti-nuclear technology, you know, it's anti-nuclear weapons, you know, it's like, and yes, it is, it very much is anti-nuclear weapons, but it's not as black and white as the movie itself. It's actually a bit more nuanced because the movie creates, you know, the oxygen destroyer. You know, and uh, you know, and the oxygen destroyer actually serves as this movie's atomic bomb, phony enough, or a weapon like the equivalent of weapon to it, and it really is interesting. Like it's a they have this like very moral debate about the oxygen destroyer, and it makes uh Aki Akihiko Harada's character Dr. Sarazawa uh, like a very a very complex character, you know. In a way, you know, he... You know, he looks to be, you know, that, like, ooh, evil, dark, you know, scientist, but he's one that, like, isn't for humanity's best intention. Like, he wants the best for humanity, and that's why he's never told anyone about the oxygen destroyer that he accidentally created, you know. uh, And he's worried about the implications, and, you know, even with Godzilla rampaging, he's very hesitant to use the oxygen destroyer. And it's like, that's a very moral debate. And I I don't want to really put, you know, it's like uh, American you know politics aside, but, you know, inside the movie, because this movie is definitely like, um, it critiques America's use of the atomic bomb. Yes, but, it's more like america's part of the global, you know, advancement because this was during cold war times or rising escalations cold war time. No, it it should be cold war. Like cold war already started if i'm not wrong. Maybe i am wrong. I'm uh but it, it was definitely the age of testing nuclear weapons and you know america's definitely criticism for that, but there's other countries testing nuclear weapons you know, and the movie also, like, uh, criticizes the Japanese government, but anyway, what I'm trying to get at is like, this movie kind of puts Japan in America's shoes when it came to using the atomic bomb, but it takes a different approach to say that, like, okay, we'll use it to destroy this, you know, Godzilla, but this will be the last time, like, last and only time it'll ever be used, which, um... Which I think that should have been something that we should have done with nuclear bombs, but unfortunately that... Uh, even though we haven't seen the nuclear holocaust, cost yet, I, I shouldn't get the real-world stuff, but I guess my point is, it's interesting to see the Japanese viewpoint of, I guess, the dilemma of using the atomic bombs on Hiroshima, which, for the record... I'm not condoning, like, I, I, if, like, I'm not, a, you know, history buff, but I genuinely, I personally think we should never use an atomic, weapon, you know, bomb on Japan. My personal, you know, experience, because, like, in my personal opinion, because, you know, it wasn't even just, like, military that was killed by the bomb, it was people, it was civilians. You know, and it was a horrific weapon. I've read up, you know, I've done some research, I guess, on my own, but, like, I read a book about Hiroshima and that tells the tales of, like, six people who actually survived the bomb, and it it's horrific. It is horrific of what they ex- went through and experience, and it's something that I hope we never, ever have to see again, and it should never have happened in the first place. Anyway... <laughs> You're not here for my political opinions. You are just opinions on World War II. You're here for my opinions on Godzilla the movie. Um, but it's it's very hard to separate the two because this movie is very political. It, it talks about political discourse with the Japanese government and the political discourse of using weapons like the atomic bombs. You know, it's, so to not to try to avoid politics for the original godzilla is very disingenuous like you know even though yeah i'm sorry i apologize i'm talking about real world politics but at the same time it would be so disingenuous for me to ignore those politics in a movie that is so heavily political it is very political about it and again i might be even wrong with like the assumption that you know the debate with the oxygen destroyers like putting Japan in America's shoes, I could be very wrong with that. But it's sort of the viewpoint that I took away from it, that they are sort of putting themselves in this, you know, similar position, whether uh Shiro Honda realized it or not. Uh, but it's also interesting, though, that Godzilla is destroying Japan. Like, oh, it's so it shows, I think... It, because if, for those of you who do not know, Shiro Honda is a pacifist, but he's one who had to fight in the war, you know, because he was drafted. He had no choice. It was either he fought for, you know, fought for a Japanese army or he died. That was how it went. That's usually how it goes, you know. And, uh, when you're like, uh, you know, back then, you know, it's like, well, if you don't fight for us when you're drafted, you, you're, you're going to kind of be a treason, you know? And, yeah, so, anyway, what I'm trying to get is that, like, even though, yeah, I think sure Honda felt sorry for Japanese people. And that's why we see a lot of, like, people actually getting hurt. But at the same time, he shows the destruction of Japan in this movie but you would think like for someone you know i don't know like if i remember correctly hearing in like i can't verify this right off the top of my head but i remember hearing at one point that the audiences in japan when they watched this movie it was sort of catharsis because they were like sort of like rooting for godzilla to destroy the buildings because there was sort of like there was sort of this frustration that japan's you know put the, like the Jap- Japanese government put the people in Japan in this dire situation like they did in World War Two. It's like, you put this, you know, even though, yeah, what the other governments of the world, like my government in America, was, did was not okay. But, you know, the Japanese government did put the Japanese people in this position, you know, to be victims. And I guess they wanted to see, you know, kind of destruction of the establishment which is interesting, but there's so much you can talk about, you know, the deep dives, and I've been rambling, I'll be honest, this is a ramble, I've just been rambling, this is probably gonna be a bad video or podcast episode, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit at the end, but yeah, anyway, let's move away from the politics, so I, but it's just so, with Godzilla, you can really dissect the politics, and, and Perhaps in a more well-written video on my YouTube channel, I will go deeper dive in the politics of the original Godzilla movie when I'm not just rambling my thoughts on the top of my head. (laughs) I I should have written some notes. I'm sorry, guys. But yeah, it's just there's so much political discourse with this movie. But uh, it's also when trying to make a movie like a review like this, it's hard to say Anything that about this movie that hasn't been said, uh, because yeah, everyone knows the music's fantastic. Yes, everybody knows. this pioneered the like literal existence of the tokusatsu genre, like the not genre but media, with the you know kaiju and suits and whatnot. This was like the big pioneer of tokusatsu, not the first one. You know, uh, there's actually a book from J.L. Carosa, uh, Godfather's Tokyo. You know, Godfather's of Tokusatsu that actually goes deeper dive into this, but Tokusatsu as we know it today was definitely pioneered by Godzilla. You know, this was like the granddaddy, and there's just so much phenomenal, like blah, phenomenal about this movie. It's fantastic. I I could gush about this movie for eternity if I could. I love the shots. I love the acting. I think the acting is fantastic. It's not... I will say there is like a moment in the movie, this isn't a negative, it's actually a positive, but I love how it, you know, shows the Japanese people, you know, like in this one scene early on in the movie where, you know, the Japanese public is first knowing about godzilla's existence and how they might have to evacuate tokyo it's a scene on a train and you know and they're just talking and like i already escaped nakajima why do i have to do this i love that person's you know how she like says it you know it's like i have to evacuate again it's not like you know fear panic she's like annoyed like how like come on i already had to you know Survive Nakajima. Now this. Like it's. It's honestly the perfect response. Like you would think that the appropriate response would be more fear. You know fearful. And less annoying. But. I mean. When you're tired of it. (laughs) When you're tired of something. Even if it's a bad thing. You're not. You're less fearful of something you're tired of. You're just more annoyed. (laughs) I know, I guess that's a little humor in this movie. Uh, but I, again, you know, something that I want to give this movie credit for is that it really took, you know, the giant monster aspect very seriously. Like, if you look at other movies, you know, from the 50s, 40s, and 30s, like King Kong, Giant Monster from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, and whatnot. There was sort of like, they were like, you know, just action flicks. Like adventure flicks, I would say. You know, there was, there was sort of like a, I, not as like, I don't know how the best way to describe it. It's like, they didn't take it too seriously. Like, there was always like sort of a fun aspect to it. And there is a fun factor to Godzilla, but this movie is like, so thematically rich you know like compared to the other ones like i mean of course king kong the original king kong is a classic by no means but you can't really like you look at that movie and it's like yes it's a very great adventure film and maybe it has some things to say but its objective is not to really say a message it's to create a fun adventure film whereas godzilla it has a message it blatantly has a message you know, first, it is everything in this movie is all about that message, and especially the monster. And it's you know again the thematic richness to it that makes it like so much more surface level. Like, it gets much more than just a giant monster movie. It's a giant monster movie that has something to say and something that has aged so well and a timeless classic in its own right because. It's a modern fairy tale, when you think about it, because it has a message. Godzilla is treated as like a fair, you know a mystical creature that's punishing humanity for its hubris, you know. But again, it's deeply involved with the politics, of, like the political aspects of nuclear technology, and of course with how the government reacts to something like Godzilla. And it's something that you didn't see back then. Like, even though Giant Monster from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the reason I'm able to say the full title is because I have it right in front of me. It's, uh, like, even though they mention, like, nuclear weapons, it, they use it as sort of, like, a plot. You know, it's, like, it's not used as for thematic richness, but it's used more so just as, like, for the plot, like... You know, as a way to explain why this creature is rampaging in New York City. Uh, you know, and you, so, you know, again, it's just like they're focused on creating a fun monster flick before creating something else. But this move, you know, with the Shiro Honda and Eiji Tsubaya, they didn't want to just make, you know, and also Tomoyuki Tanaka, they didn't want to just make a giant monster movie. They didn't want to just be in the sea of all the other ones. They wanted to make something that said something. Like, that said a message that had, you know, that took itself seriously. That made it to, like, this is a warning. And even the, like, the heroic sacrifice at the end, like, the ending, it's not triumphant. It's like, yeah, it's not, yes, humanity has won the day. It's, Very bittersweet. It's like, yes, we're able to defeat this Godzilla. But what's. But what are we going to do to stop. To prevent another Godzilla from happening? A.K. If we continue our. You know. This use of nuclear bombs. We're going to destroy ourselves. That's pretty much the movie's message at the end. You know. And it's very somber. It's very. Bittersweet, you know, like yes, Godzilla was defeated, but what's to stop another one from popping up? You didn't get that in movies like King Kong, where yes, even though like even though King Kong is somewhat bittersweet, but it ends with you know Beauty killed the beast. It's still seen as a triumphant moment, in in a way, you know, because the damsel in distress was saved, and the be the giant monster from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Um, yeah, which I hope I'm actually getting the right movie. That would be so bad if I was, you know, saying the wrong movie title. I don't, uh, 20,000, Oh, shit. I said the wrong movie. 20,000 fathoms. Oh, hang on. It's the giant beast from Twenty Thousand. Beast. Uh, The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Wow. Okay. For the record, I'm just going to say this right now. Sorry for that long pause, but uh, I I've been saying the wrong movie title all this time. It's not the giant monster from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, it's Beast, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. To my credit, though, I I've, I've been reading this off IMDb, so this is IMDb's fault. All right, but man, I've been sidetracked. What I was getting is like. When the monster and the beast from 20,000 Fathoms is destroyed, it's triumphant. Godzilla's not. Anyway, I've been rambling on too much about the original movie, but I should have done something better, but oh well. It is what it is. Uh, but I just want to say that Godzilla as a franchise is really important to me because I've been watching Godzilla movies literally as long as I can remember I don't even remember I don't even remember my first Godzilla movie I that, because Godzilla has just been a part of my life if you know I cannot imagine me not watching Godzilla or me not loving Godzilla you know Godzilla is a part of my life you know it like it literally has been there since the beginning of my memories you know so I don't think this video will do, you know, my love or the franchise of Godzilla justice, but I just really wanted to gush about the original Godzilla movie. And uh, thank you for listening on to my rant. Uh, I do have an announcement to make about John vs. film, and that is this podcast is going on hi- hiatus, uh, even though the last couple of video- you know episodes were doing Pretty decent uh, on YouTube, especially the Rodan video. Like, my God, like, where did everybody come for Rodan? Everybody loves Rodan, apparently, but yeah, this is going to be the last. Like, I don't know when it's going to be the hiatus is going to be over, but I need a break from making weekly content, and that includes the podcast. I'm like, part of the reason I didn't take notes for this is because I didn't care to. I'm kind of burned out, so I need a break from making weekly content. I plan on talking about the, you know, other Godzilla movies, and I'll probably redo this in a legit John versus film format. But I need a break, and I don't know. I do not know how long this break is going to be. It's going to be as long as it needs to be. That's so I'm. You know, that's what I want to say, but. I wanted to get something out for Godzilla Day. That's why I am recording this, you know, podcast, and I don't think I'll get a Godzilla essay out this month, because the Common Writer video essay is taking a lot longer than I've ever anticipated for. And yeah, so I just need a break from weekly content, but For those of you who've been listening to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're here when uh, it comes back, Um, and hopefully I have the energy to do podcasts and weekly content, like at least weekly podcasts again, to an extent. But anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care. Thank you.